You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 192, and we are bringing back special guest and my friend, Trevor James. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? My name is Maggie Barra. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me for more on social media at Actor Aesthetic or my personal account at Maggie Barra. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Well, I looked at the stats and it looks like you guys really like Trevor, which is shocking to me. Just kidding. He's actually a very good friend of mine. And it's kind of crazy. His episode with me back in October of 2021 uh mid-pandemic is one of the most downloaded podcast episodes on the actor aesthetic podcast so it was a no-brainer to bring him back on to the podcast a lot has happened in the industry since we last talked a lot has happened for him since we last spoke he is a wealth of knowledge he's super smart you guys and he knows a lot about the industry he has worked a ton even since talking to him in 2021 two years have gone by and he's played frankie valley in jersey boys at theater aspen he was in the pre-broadway world premiere production of the karate kid the musical he is going to be doing something really exciting coming up which i'll let him talk about in just a moment And he and I both went to school at Texas State University. He is now based over in L.A., but he is a bi-coastal actor. And if you're someone who's interested in starting your career in the Los Angeles market, maybe you're curious to know more about regional theaters across the United States and how to get into them, how to prep yourself for a regional theater contract how to make stronger choices in the audition room and book the job. He knows it all. We're about to talk about it. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. <laughs> Are you ready? Hold on. Let me. I'm just checking who I picked. I picked Detroit minus 1.5. Okay. So if you didn't know what the hell we were talking about, um, we are <laughs> <laughs> watching the Lions versus the Packers right now live. So we're Live from LA. It's Thursday night. <laughs> We're going to give you live updates in case anyone cares, honestly. Trevor has big money on on the Lions. So Trevor, I'm so happy to have you, though. And like I said, before we even started this recording, we got a lot to talk about um, because the last time we spoke on the podcast, imagine the last time we spoke, just generally the last time we was the podcast was in the 2021. <laughs> How and are you, Maggie? The first and last time we spoke. Um, so last time we spoke, I wrote it down October 2021, which is nuts because I feel like that was even, I mean, that was only a year and a half into the the pandemic. Mm-hmm. A lot has happened. A lot has changed within the industry. And when we spoke in that month, you were just starting up again with theater. Mm-hmm. You, I believe you were doing what the first regional, one of the first regional shows to come out of the pandemic. Because I remember getting the audition and be like, oh, wow, we're back. What's crazy, too, is that was the production that gave me my equity card. Oh, my God. Was it really? And it feels like like I don't mean this in an egotistical way, but I'm like, 
it feels like I've like had, uh, I've been like an equity actor for much longer a than long two years, time. but it's only been two years. Like that's yeah. crazy. Actually. I know it's, it's really crazy, but I do have a lot of respect for the grind because you have done mm. quite a lot of work in the past two years. Um, mm. And what's even more interesting is that when we spoke, we were talking about you getting further into your film and TV career, which you started mm -hmm. to do and you already mm -hmm. have a lot to back that up. But since then, you know, we've had the um, the shutdown with work and now we have a strike going on. And as of recording this, you know, it's still happening. So mm -hmm. tell us, catch us up on, on your life since October, 2021. I know that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, life has been, life is always interesting, Maggie. <laughs> All right. It's on time. Yeah. Last time we spoke, I was at a period where I was still obviously doing some theater, but was heavily transitioning back into, or trying to get into TV film. Um, a bit more. I had moved, I had relocated back to LA where I'm originally from. Uh, I was living in New York and then moved back during the pandemic and then decided to stay um, and was very much interested in pursuing TV film more. Um, all that to say, my agents were still New York based um, and I didn't have LA representation or anything like that. Um, and actually right after, I remember during Jersey Boys, uh, in 2021, I was filming tapes for other theater stuff, but I was being a lot more selective at the time of what I was going to film for. And then what was funny is I did, I, I booked a job uh, via tape. I, I got to this crossroads of a feature film presented itself. And I remember having to make a decision, which felt weird because uh, I had always been doing theater in which I said, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to take this independent film uh, job that had a really fun role in it, but was not necessarily as lucrative at the time or any kind of guarantee that this film would go anywhere and we still don't know we're hopeful but uh but i remember i had to back out of that job that i had accepted because this film presented itself um and then out of that i was waiting around hoping to get some more tv film stuff and i brought on a management team that didn't work out um in the long run i was with them for about a year um and just couldn't get the ball rolling uh with LA TV film stuff. And so I kind of hit this crossroads again of, well, I would love to keep working as an actor in any capacity because that's what I want to do. And I'd rather do that than get a, a day job. You know, um, I feel very unskilled um, other than at this. Um, and so I, I was presented with the opportunity to be in the pre-Broadway world premiere of the karate kid the musical um which is again this industry is crazy because i did west side story in tokyo japan in 2019 uh and that lead producer kamiko yoshi uh who's the best was presenting some karate kid stuff in the bahamas um at the broadway across america conference and so she asked me to come sing some stuff from that just to help out the project great and then fast forward they're doing a world premiere and they called and asked if i wanted to come in and cover uh daniel uh and be in the ensemble with some guaranteed performances um which was awesome and so uh, I went and did that. And about a week before I left for that, I also got a call. Uh, I had done some uh, a tape for uh, Jersey Boys at Theater Aspen to play Frankie Valley, directed by Hunter Foster. Got a call that I booked that too. And that was going to happen right after the Karate Kid. So I was like, okay, here I am back in LA, ready to do a bunch of TV film. And now my next five months are booked up with theater work. Um, and I, I did have a moment of, of so was my, 
<laughs> instinct wrong? Is this is this right? Uh, but I just I leaned into it because I was grateful to have work, and I I, ha- I wasn't making the inroads in LA uh, in TV film that I wanted to, and so I said okay. And then both those contracts were a dream. Um, so much fun, very different. Um, each one being kind of like a six week workshop of a show, then and then putting it on its feet for a month. Uh, which was the Karate Kid versus a two-week rehearsal process uh, for Jersey Boys um, and then putting that on for for about a month. So I I finished those two things, was back in LA. That's kind of when I had this moment where I had to uh, change my team around. And uh, so then I was just back with the agents that I've always been, HCKR agency. They're amazing. Love them. And then I was back in LA for a bit and didn't have work for a few months um, and was just auditioning for theater in LA which is a whole different it's so funny it's a completely different ball game than auditioning for theater in New York and it, maybe because there's less casting directors for theater in LA um they, and so once you're in the rooms in LA they know you very well and it takes a little bit more time i think in New York to like establish yourself with each there's there's just so many um and and the way they do things in LA feels a little different and the talent pool feels different um not for better or worse just different um and it's a it's also very different driving to an audition <laughs> versus taking the train to pearl but i was in auditions for a couple different shows uh and then i ended up booking uh sunday in the park with george at the pasadena playhouse which uh something about <laughs> booking a sondheim show uh, Maggie knows me well and knows that Sondheim is, as I sip from my Sondheim water bottle right now, um, <laughs> he's everything to me. I, for some reason, I booked that show and I felt like, oh, you're back to being a real actor, <laughs> which is so funny, just, but it's because something about the material, um, just inspires me and makes me feel so grounded and, uh, lucky. Not that these other shows don't. It, it, it's funny because every show is so different. But and also, booking that show a year after the passing of Stephen Sondheim uh, felt very heavy for me in a way, um, and and felt like cathartic. <laughs> um, and so I booked that and did that show. I was the soldier and Alex in that uh, production, which was so which was a lot of fun. Dream to sing that score. Um, and just do that show. And then from there, again, this industry is crazy. The director, Sarna Lapine, uh, who's James Lapine's niece, um, she was going to be directing Into the Woods at the Guthrie in Minneapolis. Um, and she came up to me during our sits probe, actually, and was like, would you want to play Jack? And I was like, oh, of course, um, which was also funny because I was playing the soldier, which is very different than Jack. And I was like, she's so she's watching me play the soldier. And this is like, that's a perfect Jack, which I was like, so I'm doing one or the other wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm miscast in one of these. Was it your portrayal of the soldier or was it your personality that really got her? Yeah, I, honestly, I don't know what I, what, I, what I came to find about Sarna. Um, which I find to share this is that she, she hates auditioning. She doesn't like it. She's, she said to me, she's like, I'd rather just, if I think something's remotely right for someone, I'd rather just text them and ask them if they want to do it than have to go through auditions. Um, and so I got lucky in that regard. 
so yeah, we finished Sunday and then I had a month yap and then went to Minneapolis, uh, to work at the Guthrie doing into the woods, um, which was so fun. A lo- one of the longer runs I've done, it was th- a three month run again, doing Sondheim back to back in two vastly different shows, but that are both Lapine and Sondheim was a dream. And it was really cool to work at the Guthrie, which is one of our historic uh, staples in regional theater in the country. It's a massive building. People love the Guthrie in Minneapolis. It's one of their kind of pride and joys um, in in their theater community there, which is a very thriving theater community, which is very cool. Um, And so did that, did Jack... Wore a red wig, um, <laughs> uh, and then flew home. And then I've been auditioning for some stuff here. And I guess the next thing I'll be doing is uh, starting next month. I will be in Beautiful, the Carol okay. King musical, playing Barry Mann at La Mirada. TV film has <laughs> hit the back burner because um, theater's just been working. And I found that if something's working and you're enjoying it, of course, which I I do, um, lean into it. Mm. Um, and it's been a lot of, uh, it's been very rewarding. I've met a lot of great people. I've gotten to work a lot of places, see a lot of places. And now I'm grateful to be back in LA, working at a theater in LA again. Yeah. Pasadena Playhouse was the first time I ever commuted to work uh, from my home, from where I'm living, versus being in a hotel or in a, an apartment housing in a different state out of a suitcase, um, which I really enjoy. I enjoy driving to work and driving home. I know. I mean, you've worked a ton, a ton, a ton. Which me, which says something about obviously your work ethic, but also marketability, which I really wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, marketability in the industry. A lot of college programs try to touch on this, try to help you be more marketable, quote unquote. But what does that what does that mean to you? I think it has everything to do with knowing yourself. Over this past year, I've done vastly different roles. Like none of them really fit into the same box, which is kind of funny. For a while there, I was doing. Jack Kelly and then doing Tony, which are both kind of similar versions of a, of a young leading man. And even Daniel in the Karate Kid is that for sure. Um, but then Frankie Valley is a little different. He's also a little older, he a little more. And then the soldier in Sunday is vastly different from Jack and in Into the Woods. Um, but I think I, I feel like I finally know my value and worth in a room. Um, and and I, and I, and I'm not afraid to bring that to the room, um, which I think we always talk about even in auditions with casting directors. And we've talked about that. We talked about this at school. Uh, you you don't want them to feel like they have to take care of you. And I feel like I've only just gotten to that point where I, I don't need, I, I'm very much a collaborator now and not someone who needs to be told what to do uh, and, and has kind of commands that respect in a way in a room. And I think that makes people feel safe and directors feel safe and the cast feel safe um, and colleagues feel safe. And and I think that in terms of marketability, knowing, knowing myself and knowing what I bring and owning that has kind of kept me working. Yeah. There's, it's more than just like being good at something. It's like more than just being talented, more than just being able to sing a certain note. You've been in New York, you've been in LA, you know, everyone's good who's pursuing this and who's still doing it mm-hmm. at 26, 27, 28. Everyone's really, really good. So yeah, like everyone's going to be able to sing the note and some people might not, but it, I mean, there's so many people, there's so many of us that do this. Right. The skill set is like assumed at this point. Yeah. It's assumed. And like, I thought about myself when I was mm. 
23, 22, auditioning for the first time in New York after being in school. And I thought I knew, I thought I knew myself and I was, I, I, in my mind, I was like, I'm hot shit. Like I know exactly what I can do and I can do it really well. But now that I've like lived a life a Mm. little bit and like Mm -hmm. experienced things outside theater and like, I have my, I feel like I have a footing underneath me now as a person then I can walk into an audition room and, and like know what I have to offer. And instead of asking people for something, I just give it to them. And I say like, this is what I have. And if you want it, like, I'm also really versatile. So like, ask me for something else if you want it, but like, this is what I'm strongest at. And I'm just going to give it to you. For sure. if you want it. And if it works for the show, great. And, and very often recently it has worked. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's similar to you too, where even if you're not auditioning, whatever, like, you know, Sarna asks you to be in the show, you went into the, rehearsal process too very sure of yourself it's not just like an audition thing would you agree right yeah for sure and you as well i've I've noticed and we're similar in the way that half of the battle is being good to work with um and 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 part of that is having that skill set or adaptability and being a team player all that stuff and then all of a sudden you get offered something else. It's like yeah. you doing all these, all these concerts of, and especially of concerts of new work. And so people mm-hmm. trust that Maggie Barra is going to bring a certain quality and a certain level. Therefore, well, like even if we haven't seen her do the role, we're just going to ask her to do it. Cause we know she's going to bring something to it, yeah, you right. know? Um, and so, yeah, it, it, I, I don't think of markability in, in terms of much of like branding per se anymore but more so in just knowing yourself and uh and knowing what you bring to the table and just trusting that at first like when like you said when you were 23 whatever thinking uh you're you got it all but i was actually just trying to like fit a mold Mm -hmm. i think and trying to place myself into a mold that that we all I, were. Yeah. yeah. And some sometimes it was a mold that was a stretch. And it's yeah. funny, like I now feel a certain freedom to be like, oh no, I can be Jack and and the soldier. Yeah, and it's Tony. Of your work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and because because the the acting principles and the craft and all that are all are the same throughout. And so I'm able to find my way into these characters. I'm I and I'm but I think that comes from I don't feel inhibited by myself mm. in the room. I was thinking earlier when we did Kiss Me Kate yeah. uh, freshman year. Uh, I, I've, I've thought about this often. There were so many, I played the general in that. Mm-hmm. I had two scenes, but it, it was a really, I and I felt very miscast. I felt very weird in this role. Um, yet in the back of my head, I had all these choices and ideas that I wanted to try that I was too scared to try. And I, I like vaguely remember certain specific choices. I wanted to like check myself out in the mirror here on this line. And I thought that would be funny. Never did it once, not even in rehearsal. Cause I was like, no, I'm just going to do what I did in the audition. And I'm, I'm here to just like, j- just do that and not try anything. And, I didn't and know stop this. The process. Yeah. Um, and now I find myself very willing to play and try new things. It was one of my favorite things to do during Into the Woods. And certain characters <laughs> give you more freedom to do that. Jack is so aloof and so not all there that you can make a bold choice. Um, and and it still fits in, it fits the character. But I remember some of my favorite moments during the run of Into the Woods were when I would get this instinct and say, okay, let's go with it, try it, and fall completely flat. <laughs> Think like, oh, this is about to be the biggest laugh of the run. And it's silent. <laughs> but there's something about just the presence and and uh 
and the uh, fearlessness to try the thing that is just as rewarding whether or not it lands. Mm. And it, and I remember feeling very alive in that moment, you know, which is like well, what I've come to find I cherish the most about doing theater, uh, which has kind of brought me full circle to loving. <laughs> not that I didn't love theater, but the idea of pursuing theater as a career was something that I questioned for a moment Mm. um and i still want to do tv film as well but i'm i'm really enjoying um looking someone in the eye on a stage there's nothing quite like it with an audience behind me and in in the guthrie specifically it's a thrust it's a massive thrust and so it's kind of very cinematic in a way that's what sarna would say because some Mm. people are getting an over the shoulder shot while other people are getting a close like it, it, it is um but yeah, I've come to find that the best part of theater is is just looking at someone across from you and trying to just reach them. There's a quote by Ruben Santiago Hudson that I posted on my Facebook recently that makes me cry because it's, it, but it, it's getting at that. It's getting at that idea of like, I'm, yes, this is an audience medium. There's a, but I'm just getting at the person that's right across from me. And if they get what I'm going for, then the audience gets it too. You know what I thought about though, when you were saying this is that, it's one step to get past just walking to an audition room and just knowing who you are and putting it all out there and not trying to fit a mold. But then because of the prevalence of self tapes, you have this Mm. other barrier now where you can't quite read a room. Mm -hmm. So your choices are sort of out there into like nothingness. Like it's, it's a really weird uh, phenomenon and and when you want to make a bold choice, it might seem absolutely insane on camera because it's also being like, you know, it's on a frame yeah. on a, and, it, and it's there forever. Mm-hmm. So, right. They can replay it. They can go yeah, back and, it, and then it's not new anymore. It's not new. It's just weird. It's like a weird phenomenon, but we have to do them. And mm-hmm. I was even looking back to like how many I did. I've done so many self tapes from 2020 on and I have been doing this since I like professionally since like 20, like 2009 and yeah. the span from 2009 to 2020, I did like 20 self tapes. And like, right. and like now, now it's hundreds. like hundreds, yeah. yeah, hundreds. But how do you get past that? Like, how do you get past the nerve, the nervousness and like the self doubt of like, oh, this is, you know, this is going on tape. This is forever. I, I, should I be making this choice? Right. That I think that's all what comes back to just knowing what you bring. It, it, it is that same. And, and that's why those moments on stage where things fall, like there are moments where choices are made that do fall flat. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're going in for, for a good creative team, which, and, and I've worked with so many great directors and there's so many great directors at every single level, whether it's summer stock or it's Broadway, owning who you are and making those choices and, and making them without apologizing uh, I, I do think even on, on camera on, in a tape, it, it comes across and is appreciated. And, yeah. and I think, I think a good director or a good casting director can, can see that. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you kind of have to, again, it is so out of your control that you just have to trust that the casting director is good at their job. Talent being assumed, I think those little things uh, leaning into those, those choices that might feel like, I don't know what the response to this is can pay off. Yeah. And also I'm someone who, if, if, if I feel a really bold choice for something, I'll send two takes. 
Yeah, that's not a and, bad and idea. say here's 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 the version that's a little more v- vanilla or a little more like here's your we have two weeks and yeah. we need to make sure that he can do this solid and consistent. But then also here's like a fun spin that I also could take the character on, uh, and I, I'm down for either one. And here's both. I, I'm mm. pretty unapologetic at this point. Um, in terms of something like that, in terms I'm glad of, that you, I'm glad you mentioned that because I don't think a lot of people know that you can do that. What's the worst that could happen? They only exactly. download they, one of the videos. Like, yeah, okay. they don't watch it. Yeah. yeah. Like it that, took that's... you five minutes more to film it. Like it's really not that big of a deal. You don't have to do it, but if you do feel like, like, I don't know if they're going to think I can sing this because I made a really strong choice. That sounds like I can't, exactly. that's a different story. Yeah. Then like, you know, make sure they know you can sing it too, but it's really smart, really smart. I don't usually do that, but I think it's, I think it's worth looking into. It's funny because for a lot of film auditions or especially a lot of co-star, they ask for two or three takes, you know, of different things. So I'm like, it doesn't have to be different. And yeah, the worst thing that happens is they download one, they don't watch them all and they get the, they still are going to get the relative information that they need. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so I'm, yeah, I think that's something that's not out of bounds to do. And I'll ask my agents too if they're okay with that, right. or ask that, or even ask them to pick a take. But I'm someone I'll send you two takes and be like, which one? What, what information <laughs> are you getting? I think relying on the people that you trust yeah, and the people too. that are close to you, also in a self tape world, is everything. I hate the sound of my own voice. I need someone objectively that will be honest about like, yeah. no, that's not your best. Mm-hmm. You know, like you to be like, or you no, suck. that take was better. Yeah, I'd be like, you suck. Yeah, you Why are you just quit? Shouldn't even. Yeah, just give up your equity card. Like, <laughs> yep, give it up. Point. Me and Patty. I, stop. <laughs> Cut. Um, you know, you've been in, in very differing contracts mm-hmm. where there are some where it's a two week rehearsal span. And then there are some where it's a six week workshop, which is an entirely different, like wonderful experience yeah. where you get a lot of time to work on a show. And I have been very similarly, like it's, it's shocking to mm-hmm. be in a rehearsal process where you're in, a, in rehearsals one week and the next year in tech. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of time to feel around for your role, not a whole lot of time to learn your material. So how do you best uh, prepare for success leading up to that contract, that kind of contract? Short rehearsal process. It's funny because my favorite night used to be uh, opening night. I used to love opening night. I used to be like, I think it's oh the freshest. God. I think it's the most. I. <laughs> It's scary because when you only have two or three weeks, for sure. It's one. It's scary, but I I I had access to an understudy, uh, a recording of Into the Woods that was from Mm. our second preview. I clicked on that and watched it, and and there's no character at all. I I I have no clue (laughs) what I'm doing, and it's funny. Um, and so in that regard, I always tell like family and friends to come later in the run (laughs) uh, when once you've had time to find it. That's so real. But that's it, like that's kind of just the nature of the beast and and regional theater and summer theater. You only have a certain amount of time to throw a lot of spaghetti at the wall. Whatever sticks first is kind of what you roll with, at least yeah. for for a minute. But then in a run like the Guthrie, where that's a long run, we felt like freedom to to still dive deeper. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting thing. It's it's like a, it's a sad thing sometimes in regional theater. Just doing Jersey Boys, even I like. Frankie putting that show up in two and a half weeks um, and then running for three weeks by the end you're like oh I've only just started to scratch the surface Um, and that just kind of comes with the territory I'd say and and that's again where knowing what you bring committing to what you're bringing 
um, and, and also try and leaning on your director are all the key ingredients for a successful run. I, I've seldom left a run for a regional job feeling like, oh gosh, I only just started to find it. I wish we could go for another. Yeah. Uh, but that's also why my favorite part of theater is a rehearsal room. Yeah. I, building it is the most is is so fun and and it's just funny because in most of the contracts you get two weeks to build it so you're not you're not playing as much you're not trying as many new things you're finding the one thing that works and rolling with it versus yeah. the karate kid mm-hmm. which was new pages every day new songs um and while I, and I and I was also covering um which was even a whole other beast because I'm like oh wait we changed the key oh no um <laughs> like. John Cardoza, who played Daniel, who's uh, has a vocal cords kissed by God, uh, <laughs> literally could sing me the phone book and I would swoon. Uh, it, we had different voices and I, but having to like, just uh, that adaptability, that being still sure of yourself, even in moments of doubt um, are, are very important. But that whole process is, it was very different because you're truly in a workshop setting like that. You're very much just serving the creative team's vision. Yes. You're bringing choices and you're bringing ideas, but before you can do, do that, they have to know what the show is, you know, versus like Jersey boys. We all know Jersey boys works. We know into the woods works. So you can bring your take to into the woods to Jack and the material is still going to hold that process for karate kid is very much, uh, we need to, we need the base of what we're doing first to know that, that the material holds right without us. You know, for me, anytime I'm in a short rehearsal process, I'm not very good at memorization. So I really have to work extra hard to learn my lines so that when it comes to opening night, I'm not standing there like with zero personality because I'm just thinking about what the hell comes next. And that sure. is, you know, that's just, that comes with the territory. But if you can know that now, if you if you can learn that about yourself as fast as possible so that when you do, when you are, God forbid, given the opportunity to do a regional contract, you need to set yourself up in the best way possible. You can't go in there if you're not good in memorization. You can't go in there knowing nothing. It, it's yeah. gonna, you're going to fall on your face quickly. And other people are going <laughs> to show you up without showing you up. Like, for example, we had, you know, you're doing a show that you know you're doing beautiful and a lot of people walking into that show already know that show mm-hmm. um and I there are not. certain yeah and you do not <laughs> which right. means you're gonna want to know the music beforehand at least look at the script and understand it a little bit different with for you i'm sure you're really good at memorization but the music is important because it's carol king the other three principals have all done this show i would say at least at least like three times each, some of which were in the Broadway cast, some of which were on tour. Um, and then, and also recently in it regionally. Um, and it's funny. I, I don't feel a hesitation, but I feel, I'm very curious to see, because again, I feel like I know what I bring to a room. Um, but I'm also aware uh, this is also another short rehearsal process. This is actually I have exactly two weeks from my first day to opening. Whoa, um, that's really so, short. Right. So there's not not a lot of room to have to memorize. Like I will go in fully memorized. <laughs> um, but I'm also curious to see working closely with the people that have done this show before, where 
what level the play is you know how much different can it be what what are, are we still hungry to explore other things or if i come in and do something completely that's not what they're used to i'm curious to see like what that's like but i'm also an actor who one steal from the best yeah and two ask for help i have i whoever's playing my cynthia i know for a fact that first day i'm gonna be like if i'm missing a laugh if I'm, if there's something yeah, here totally. that you need from me to get your laugh or to get your reaction or whatever, or to get, to keep your show afloat, just yeah. tell me. And especially in those like biopic musicals, they, they're, <laughs> they are so uh, much a machine yeah. that they're, and, but the characters are obviously real people and also so well-written in a lot of these shows yeah. and so well-defined that there isn't, you're, you're not treading water you're there there's a pretty there's a groove to fit into mm-hmm. um but yes i'm i'm a little nervous but excited <laughs> to see what that this will be my first time with that kind of experience it's awesome um where the three other principals that i'm doing scenes with have all just did it together yeah and you also talked really briefly on this too but i've had a lot of conversations recently no joke mm-hmm. with actors about their agents it's not that i'm mm-hmm. i'm talking to them about it it's that other actors are asking me how do you like your agent do you have a manager it's that people are are starting to you know just like we were talking about understand where they fit in the industry what they have to offer and so now they're feeling a little bit more secure with themselves which is mm-hmm. awesome and so that means that that's allowing them to stand up for themselves and have a, a stronger relationship with their agents or cut off their relationship with their agents or managers. So mm-hmm. when you got to the point of deciding whether or not you wanted to stay with your your managers, how did you go about with that conversation? At the end of the day, we just weren't working well together. We were not we weren't a match. And it became less essential to have them because I was doing so much theater again too and they were they were supposed to find me LA TV film. Um and so uh, both financially and logistically, it just wasn't a proper match. And I didn't, I honestly didn't need to be uh, giving out more money uh, on the contracts that my agents were getting me uh, to, and I'm happy to pay commission to managers and an agent because yeah. um, they, and I, and I did uh, obviously. Um, but yeah, it, it just got to a point where it, it wasn't the right fit for me. It wasn't the right, the right addition to my team. And I'm still on the hunt for that right addition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very open to that right addition. And my agents have actually been very helpful in c- compile, help me compile lists of awesome. managers for in LA that they have connections with that they might be able to pitch me to. Awesome. Um, so as we come out of the strike, um, hopefully soon I'll be uh, getting the ball rolling on that more because I still again really want to do more TV film stuff. I do love my agents. Yeah, they're lovely people and they're lovely uh, to work with and have been very understanding about me moving back to L.A. um, and just very accommodating about all that. And it's been great. And I actually worked with a couple with uh, one or two people in Sunday that are also L.A. based that also are with them. Um, And so we all got to bond about like, oh, we're the we're the non New York crew with HCKR. (laughs) Um, But yes. That's great. I mean, you've worked with both agents and managers. So for Mm. someone who's maybe coming out of college and they're going to their senior showcase and they have agents and managers coming to their showcase and they're meeting with agents and managers, what Mm -hmm. do you see, at least from your experience, is the difference between the two? Yeah. uh, Well, first I'll say the way that they're 
that these managers and agents were the same was that they both were able to get me auditions. Um, sometimes managers don't do that as much. Sometimes they are there to manage your career. They are there to uh, almost filter the auditions or the offers that are coming from your agent and saying, this is the right move. This isn't the right move. We're managing your career um, versus these, these managers. I, I, I did sign with them because they were, they were able to get me auditions as well as manage. Um, that was important to me. Um, also, uh, I, I managers I found, uh, were a bit more attentive to the tapes that I was sending back, um, and would, would say, Oh, we think you should redo this and to, and you, and we or wear a different shirt. We think you should, they, they were just a bit more hands-on with their client. They usually tend to have less clients because they are more hands-on, um, and more checking in consistently versus agents. I find, um, while they're, they're a personal relationship and they're involved. They, uh, it's more about volume. They're submitting you across the board for every, every breakdown that you're right for sending you the audition, you send the tape, they forward it along. I'm sure at first HCKR probably vetted some of the tapes that I was sending to make sure I was representing them well. But after a certain point, I I'm not sure how often they're necessarily watching or, and, and I, I haven't had an instance where they've sent something back and been like, we think this is, you should change this or do this. Um, so yeah, just in, in the title alone, I think managers manage you a bit more. Um, and then the logistical stuff of uh, certain commissions are are different between agents and managers. But I'd say I'm someone who's fairly self-sufficient, I'd like to think. Um, and so uh, an agent out of showcase was more important to me than a manager. Mm. But I also know there are people that want I, I've talked personally to people that are like, no, I need I want that little extra kick of guidance. Yeah. Um and therefore I'd say a, a manager might be right for you. And just making sure that that manager can still get you auditions or get you with an agent that they trust, yeah. then a manager, then go for it. Um and then they will probably be what you're looking for in terms of that extra push, that extra guidance, that extra um just ear to bounce ideas off of. That's interesting. I think I th I've also spoken to people like that too. And there's, there's something to be said there. It's important to know where you're at mentally in this mm -hmm. industry. If you need help, if you need guidance. Um, and there's no shame in, yeah, no. in that at all. It's you, that's about knowing what you bring, who you yeah. are, what you, and what, and what you need and what, where yeah. you need to still grow. Exactly. And I think as someone moving to New York too, out of showcase, if you hadn't lived in New York, you might very well want a manager yeah. that will give you the lay of the land. 100%. Or at least make sure that your agents are uh, are Helpful. personable enough to also have that kind of relationship with. And I talk yeah. to my agents a lot um, yeah. and bounce ideas or ask for certain. I see a breakdown that I'm like, oh, please, will you get me in the room for this? Yeah. This is good for me. And that um, is an important distinction, though, is that what I don't think about is that agents tend to have, especially the the more reputable, not reputable, let me rephrase, the the bigger offices tend to have so many clients mm -hmm. um and they're they're on top of them all but it's a little bit different of a relationship between them and then a manager's office who has just a select few you know right i i was i never really texted my agent i was texting my manager a lot yeah, yeah. um and that would that was like a, a major difference uh just but in, in the working relationship of it all or i was i would call my manager without 
notice because I needed this versus my, with my agent, I'm a little more at this point I I can pick up the phone and call them. But I, I, at the time I was a little more, Hey, can we schedule a meeting to talk? Because there is a different workload. And then with a manager too, which the, the managers were clear, um, even if they find you an audition, you book it, you get an offer. The managers do not negotiate contracts. Mm-hmm. They do not, um, uh, yeah, they don't negotiate or uh, facilitate that. So they were very clear. They're like, you can you can uh, delegate this to your agent or you can get a lawyer. I, but mm. you, you do need someone that can negotiate on your behalf, on your team as well. Um I think that has to, I don't know for sure, but I think that has to do with being licensed with the state. I think it has Mm -hmm. something to do with just the difference between, and that is another difference is that, and um, I believe agents are licensed Mm -hmm. and managers do not have to be. And that doesn't mean that one is better than the other. It's just a, Mm -hmm. it's just a legal thing. Yeah. It's it's just a logistical thing of what the different practices are. Totally. Um, but yes, no, I'd, I'd say managers are are great. How long have we been talking? More than an hour? 45? What, we started what time? I think it's like 23 to 7? I'm getting a Detroit replay. Up. I can't even see what the score I know. Score Goff just made a nice throw. Goff just made a nice throw. I love seeing Goff do well. I'm trying to convince Giuseppe to be... Um... Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift for Halloween. You have to be. I think it's. I think it's the right choice. I'll get fake bangs. No, that that's perfect. I think it's it. It's the only time I'd let him wear anything remotely related to the Kansas City Chiefs. True. <laughs> and then I'll burn it. So my last question for you is, and this is, I don't even know, Trevor, if I asked you this. I ask a mm. lot of people this on the podcast, but I don't know if I. I don't remember if I did. And if I did, it's probably very different for you now, but. What would you tell someone graduating college right now, walking into the musical theater industry? What's like your best piece of advice right now? Elder Trevor. Elder Trevor. (laughs) I I feel like that. I know. (laughs) Um, This is good. Uh, You better love this craft. You better love the history of this craft. Don't come out of college and be like, well, I hate musical theater. You know, why? Why? Why are you like that? (laughs) <laughs> don't do that um learn to love it learn about it keep learning just because you graduate college does not mean you know everything you're kind of i found college gets you out at a neutral yeah, and then totally. f- af- and then from there is where you build who and what you are um because you can't know what you are in this industry until you're actually in this industry uh, you and you you can train and, and college is great and you get all the training and and you maybe have a showcase and you maybe get an agent, but the learning never stops. Uh, you have the internet at your disposal. Go watch things, watch interviews, listen to keep listening to albums. Know what's coming next season on Broadway. You know, um, and, and know what you're right for and get to work targeting those specific things, you know, like that's where I say that it's a kind of at a neutral when you get out because you've just developed the skill set of way I'm a tenor and I dance and I lean comedic, whatever. But then there are roles coming next season that you might be right for. So learn those roles and then really get specific and tailor yourself towards those roles and, and start to know who you are and what you bring to a room and own it with confidence. Um, So I guess there's not one thing I would tell, uh, 
a young a youngin, I would just say oh, all those things. But I think the most important is to be open to to continuing to learn and learn from the best and yeah, dive in. Don't posture this cool kid vibe that you don't care. You should care about what you're doing and you should love it because there are a lot of people that wish they were doing this. Like if you're if you're pursuing this, go all in and and love it. Learn to love it. As I've gotten older, not living at home, it also is a job. This is the career that I've chosen. It's kind of funny, like whether or not you are successful in this industry, uh, whatever that means to you determines whether or not you pay rent yeah. or have health insurance. Like yeah. it, 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 there's a reality that sets in with choosing this. So you better love it too. Or else like, why would you put yourself through it? And anytime I've thought, oh, there might be something else. I quickly am like, but there's nothing I'm going to love more than acting. There's just nothing. <laughs>